Hello? Ah, soit ça. Okay, uh, my name is Professor Ryan. Um, put on my glasses. Give me a sec. There we go, much better. Um, first off, Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, I'm going to be doing a talk on why we should read the Bible. So, first off, um, I got two different pens this time, so it should give my talk two dimensions rather than one. A uh, few fun facts for you. Uh, the world's second most popular book, 2.5 billion copies sold. I'll write that down for you. Uh, in the survey of 2008, random people, 80% believe that the Bible is a holy and sacred text, so obviously it should be read. But only one in five churchgoers read the Bible every single day, and one in five have never read the Bible at all. So all in all, that's not really a great statistic, but hopefully I should be able to convince some of you to read the Bible more often and hopefully have a new New Year's resolution about it. So, first off, the creation story, well, we all know it. Uh, God created the stars, draw a few there, the earth, and Adam and Eve. Draw a few drawings there. There we go. At first, they were very happy. There's Adam, there's Eve. Because God put them in the Garden of Eden. It was pretty much the best place you could possibly be. It was a nice little... Oh, I know what I could do. Give me a sec. Yes, there we go. There might be a star on the tree, I'm afraid. But let's just ignore that for now. There we go. And there was this really nice tree in the garden, which had this apple in it. Oh, look at this. Incorporation. And God told Adam and Eve that they should not eat this apple under any circumstances, although it did look very delicious. It was like one of those Lindor chocolates. You just can't resist them. Anyway, there was this snake in the garden. Cool, these are hard to unscrew. There we go. There we go. Nice little snake there. And it basically told Eve that eating the apple would be an extremely good idea. So, obviously, Eve gave into temptation ate the apple, and gave a bit to Adam, and he ate the apple. And unfortunately, this gave them knowledge that they were naked, so they had to censor themselves. <laughs> and God immediately knew that something was up, because they both looked very guilty, and they were hiding their nudity. So that's the first story of temptation in the Bible. That's very important. Next one, help. Uh, who has heard the story of the Good Samaritan? Pretty much everyone, I would say. I thought I'd adapt it for modern day. So imagine a football game between Norwich and Ipswich. Yeah, I know. Now, there's this lovely little Ipswich guy here. Let's call him Dave. He's very happy. He's got his lucky scarf on. And then all of a sudden, football comes out of nowhere. Boom. Hits him on the head. He's knocked out. Now, he can't do anything. These guys come along, steal his lucky scarf. What's he going to do now? Of course, he's unhappy. He's knocked out wakes up a bit later, needs a friend, is going to miss the game, and all of a sudden, an Ipswich supporter comes along. He sees him, but then he thinks, oh, don't want to miss my game, maybe I should just leave him. So he walks off, just leaves this poor guy here, poor Dave. I'll give him a little name there for him, there we go. And then all of a sudden, this Norwich supporter comes along, person you would least expect, helps out good old Dave, gets him to the game, finds his lucky scarf, and there we go, all sorted. 
That's the story of the Good Samaritan. Uh, next one. Saul to Paul. See what I did there? A bit of a rhyme. Uh, basically, there's this guy called Saul. Very mean guy. The guy who double dips his Doritos. Or doesn't change the toilet roll. And basically, he was very mean to a lot of Christians. He persecuted gods. He killed rather a lot of them. Then all of a sudden, God came out of the sky while I was walking down a path and said, why are you being so mean? And made him blind for three days. So he could not see until eventually God restored his sight, saw God for the one true God, and began to worship him. So that's the story of redemption right there. Next one, insight. I thought we'd have a bit of audience participation. So uh, if any of you have any ideas as to who God is from the Bible, could you put your hand up or just yell it out? Yep. God is love, yes. Definitely. Any others? The Father? Yep. Forgiving. And faithful. There's a few different things that the Bible tells us about God. We would not know this about the Bible. Because it is the one text that tells us all we need to know about God. Well, not all, but a lot of what we need to know. Next one. And hope, yes. I'll add that on there. There we go. (laughs) Sacrifice, because of course, Jesus gave his life on the cross for us. That's one of the most important stories on the Bible. And sacrifice, of course, leads to triumph. For he did not die, he rose again. And all in all, it tells the story of creation, help, redemption, insight, and triumph, and sacrifice, because I forgot one. (laughs) So all in all, it tells us the story of Christ, why we should follow him, and what it means to be Christians. Thank you very much. Uh, can we have the, the video now, please? Okay, that's the best bit of your morning right there, so um, that's that. Okay, stand up now in your place if you made a New Year's resolution last year. 2016, if you made a New Year's resolution, stand up. Stand up anyway. (laughs) Okay, next question. Sit down if you can't remember it anymore. Shh. 
shame. Stay standing up if you got past January. Oh, Claire. <laughs> okay, if you did the whole year, stay standing up. Did you really, Jonah? What was it? <laughs> I wasn't being nice to mum. <laughs> I can tell you that. Okay, so anyone that manages to do the whole year really is my hero because um, it's really hard, isn't it? We often choose to do something that's too ambitious or too difficult or too complicated or we word it wrong in our heads. So we say things like, oh, I'll have to go to the gym every day so I can be less fat. But actually, what we should say is, it would be really lovely to take the opportunity to exercise so I can be fitter and healthier. And if we just word it differently in our heads, um, that, that is half the battle right there. Um, and the new year is a great time for, for changing things, for starting a new leaf, a whole blank new page. Um, and so we're going to talk about reading the Bible, as Professor Ryan set the scene, why we should do that, and why the new year is a great time to start that, to start that afresh. So there are seasons in my life when I've been really good at reading the Bible, of journaling, listening to God, um, and those seasons generally are when life is going well and really I'm happy and I'm on fire and things. But these stuff comes and gets in the way and before I know it I've missed a couple of days and then a week and then I have to review it and I have to start again um, and I think that's true for all of us um, that, that the same applies actually with food for me so so there are seasons in my life when I'm really doing well on a diet and I say annoying sentences like well I don't really see why anyone eats crisps when there's bean sprouts because <laughs> In that moment, I believe that. I believe that bean sprouts are just as crunchy, actually, and just as good. Um, but soon the crisps, they sneak back in. Um, but the point is, there's some truth there. The, the bean sprouts are better for me than crisps. And we are better off when we're reading our Bibles. It is an important thing to get in our lives. Not just because it's what good Christians do, um, but because... We need to connect and listen to God on a daily basis. Um, and these are habits that we need to have in order to maintain an authentic relationship with Jesus. And that's really the only way that we can grow and develop in our spiritual life. So my son Jonah is really, really good at football. Um, and there's pretty much nothing he can't do with a ball, as far as I can see. But there's a reason for that. And the reason is that he trains three times a week. He plays for three different teams. He never leaves the house without a ball. Um, he's obsessed with it. And he gives it all that he's got. And through living with him, I've learned way more about football than I care to know. Um, and I, I watch football now. And I turn up and stand in a field on a rainy Saturday morning. And I cheer in the right places now. <laughs> I, I embarrassed him a few times in the early days. But recently, I've been really good. I cheer when the right people score and, and all sorts. Um, and even this Christmas, Izzy, in a Christmas game, inadvertently but correctly used a football phrase. Because we hear it all the time. We live with it. And that enthusiasm rubs off on the rest of us. And if we dip into our Bible every single day and we talk to God, we can be like that for the people around us. Our enthusiasm and our excitement for God can 
just rub off on the people around us. And we can be the people um, that are the go-to people for prayer. And we can be the ones that can always reflect God's perspective. And we can disciple with confidence because we know what we're doing, uh, because we've read about it. So if we connect enough with God, we'll be able to do that. And that's what we want. That's, that's what we're aiming for, each and every one of us. Um, but like the physique of a lady that only eats bean sprouts, that's going to take some work. It's going to take some effort on our part. Um, so this year, my New Year's resolution, and I hope several of yours as well, will be to read the Bible every day. Um, and to not just read it, but to think about what we're reading and to connect with what we're reading. And I'm really excited about that because I think it really fits in with the Daniel Fast. It fits in with the studies that are started there, and that gives us a really good head start on that. It takes 21 days to begin to form a habit, and then it takes a further 21 days for it to be something that you miss if it's not there anymore. So that's six weeks in all for it to become a habit that you would then miss if you stopped doing it. So I think if we start that now, we do it for the Daniel Fast, and we press on into February. Before we know it, we'll all have a good rhythm of Bible reading started. Uh, So with this in mind, on the youth team, we have developed a helpful tool uh, to help us and to help the youth. Um, And it's a booklet, and... It's called Digging Deeper. There it is. It looks amazing with thanks to Matt Finch. He turned this from scribbles on a piece of paper into this wonderful book. Um, And it's a journal that we can all use. And it's based around SOAP. So who knows what SOAP stands for? Shout it out. Scripture. Observation application and prayer so scripture observation application and prayer and the beauty of this booklet is you can choose to do any reading plan that you want to do and if you don't know where to find a reading plan then chat with me or claire or simon or do the daniel fast reading plan for the first three weeks um and you fill in the book like so can we have the page of the book please So we're going to do it together um, now with the passage that Izzy read. So if you've closed your Bibles, you'll need to reopen them, please. It's James 5, verses 7 to 12. Everyone there? Okay, so on the page, you would write that on the top where it says scripture read. You would write James 5, verse 7 to 12. And then on the next bit, your observation part, you would write the key points that stood out for you from today's reading. So let's do that together. Has anyone got a key point that's standing out from the reading? Yeah, what key points have you got? Be firm and patient. Be patient. That's a tricky one, but definitely one. What else stands out for people from the reading? (laughs) 
right at the back. I'll get my 10,000 steps today. Uh, about don't grumble. <laughs> okay, why does that stand out for you? Have you had a moody morning? Or? Uh, not really, no. It's just uh, a reminder to be cheerful. Yep, be cheerful. Yep. Anyone else? Perseverance. Yeah, yeah, so keep at it. Yeah, even when it doesn't feel like we're getting anywhere. And that's the beauty of the, the reading journals, uh, because as you persevere, you'll see your heart changing as you connect closer to God. And as you look back through the journal, you'll be able to see what changes have made. So what else stands out? There's loads in this passage. I picked an easy one. Do not swear. Do not swear, definitely. At least we've gotten. Anyone else? Waiting. Yeah. Yeah, waiting patiently. It says if you dig up the crops before they're ready, they're useless, aren't they? So we have to wait patiently. Persevere. We've had that one. (laughs) Good try. (laughs) So there are several things that you can do as you're working through soap. If you read the passage and you think to yourself, I don't really understand this passage. And we all do that sometimes. We all read for a passage and we think, oh, I have no idea what that's talking about. Um, The first thing I always do is I look at it in another version. So I tend to read the English Standard Version. I quite like that one. Or the Message. Read it in a different version. It often just terms things differently so we can understand what it's saying and then go back to the one that we're looking at. Um, If you still don't understand it from there, there's loads of commentaries online, so you can look up the passage. It will give you the context of the passage, um, and then that that adds some understanding. So in your books, you would write three key points that have come out of today's reading. So for example, we'd maybe write patience, perseverance, and waiting. And then the next bit is the application. So what is that saying to me? And what am I going to do about it? And that's really the most important point. As a parent, there is nothing more annoying than explaining to a child why they shouldn't do something, why it's not good for them to do something, and then they go and do it anyway. If they do it and I haven't told them what's wrong with it, then that's okay. I can forgive them. But if they just do it after I've told them, that's really frustrating. And I think the same applies uh, for us with God. We need to... um, We need to listen to what he's saying, and we need to behave appropriately. We need to act on what we've heard. So if we've heard that uh, we perhaps shouldn't be grumbling so much, and then as soon as we finished our Bible verse, we go ahead and grumble, then that is more frustrating for God than if we'd never bothered to read it in the first place. So the application, what is this saying to me? What am I going to do about it? So in your pews or in pairs, I don't mind, but talk to each other now for a couple of minutes about what that's saying to you and what you're going to do about it moving forward, looking at that passage. Go.
Okay, has everybody got some idea of how they would apply that? There's a danger with application uh, to be a bit like the New Year's resolutions and to be a bit general with it. So if you, for example, felt that the passage was saying you're not telling you not to be moody, um, there's, there's a temptation to write in your application, I'm never going to be moody again. God tells me not to be moody, so I'm never, ever going to do that. But that's pretty tricky. That's a quite hard starting place if you're a moody person. That's pretty hard to go straight up to, I'm never going to be moody again. So you maybe want to put in some, some more specific scenarios. So for me, perhaps I'd put, I'm going to lose a board game and not throw a wobbly. Something like that. That would be a... That would, no, I haven't done it. <laughs> it. It needs to be measurable and achievable, so I'll work on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't lose much, so I don't get much practice, but I'll give it a go. <laughs> so our applications need to be specific, measurable, achievable, so that, so that we are aiming at something that we can do. And from there, when we've written that in the third section of our page, uh, the fourth bit is the prayer response. Uh, so that's very personal. It is worth writing it down, your prayer response. Um, are just the key points if you want to, um, but the, the, the response to what you felt God is telling you about. The reason that it's worth writing it down is because as you look back through your booklet, you'll see not only the prayers that God has answered, but also the way that he's answered prayers by changing your heart and your attitude as well as you look back through. And that's the reason why we've got the date on the top uh, because again, if you date and year it, I look back at my journals from 10 years ago and I think, wow, the things I was asking for, and they've all been answered, not necessarily in the way that I wanted them answered, but they have, we have moved forward. And at that point, after you've done the prayer response as well, that's when I fill in the title right at the very top, because by then you know exactly what God is talking to you about in that passage. So you fill in your title. And at the front, Matt has very cleverly put in a little contents page. And it's worth just putting the titles down there. And as you look back when you filled in the booklet, you look back and you'll notice a theme in what God is saying to you as well. So we're just going to spend two minutes now completely silent, praying a response to the application that came out of this passage. Okay, so pray. Amen. So Matt and I, as we put together this booklet, uh, we had a vision for it, for what we were going to use it for. 
and we wanted to use it to really push the young people into getting into good rhythms and good patterns with their Bible reading. Um, so, with our young people, we offer them a model of support and challenge. So, we will be giving the young people, anyone that's interested and wanting one of these booklets from the young people and the children's groups, we will be giving them one, but they need to write down their name, and then we will be following up how they do with them. Throughout the year, as they fill in the 30 pages, they can bring them back to me. I don't need to read them. I'll just flick through, see that they're filled in, and then I'll be giving them another one. I'll be keeping track on who has how many, and there will be an awesome prize at the end of the year for the young people that have managed to fill in 10. Um, And I'm hoping that that will encourage them and get them into a good pattern of Bible reading and understanding as the year goes on. And I'm really excited about that because I think that will form good habits that they can fall back on as they grow, as they develop, and as they reach hard times. Once you've got this sort of habit formed, it's a really good staple. So I wish I could offer all of you the same opportunity, um, but the budget won't stretch. And our big day out, you can't all come, sadly. Um, but, <laughs> but what we could do, um, what we decided to do instead was offer you an opportunity to buy the booklets. Um, and they'll be pound fifty, and you can buy them from me throughout the year. Um, but we'll start selling them this morning, so you can use them for your New Year's resolutions. There's 30 days in each bullet, so they do fit nicely into a month. Um, and I think they're a great starting place for a daily habit of reading the Bible. So I thought perhaps the parents could buy one and work with them with your children. Couples could buy one each and keep each other accountable, um, keep each other on track. Or you can lit- just buy one and use in your quiet time. Um, so we'll be out there at the end of the day uh, selling them, or if you're a young person, giving them. Um, to you. So let's hope that we can start the new year as we'd like to continue it positively and with Jesus in the center. Uh, Let's just pray. Father God, thank you for the Bible. Thank you that you provided us with this wonderful resource and this great gift. Lord God, help us to be more appreciative of your gift Help us to get deeper into the Bible this year. Help us to make our relationship with you our priority in the coming weeks and months. Lord, it is my prayer that the reward day out for the children and young people would be filled, that that we'd have to borrow minibuses because the children are so passionate about knowing you. Father God, thank you for Matt Finch. Thank you that you've placed a passion for the youth in his heart. Thank you for the gifts you've given him and that in his busy first year at work, he set aside time to use his gifts in this way to honor you. Help us, Lord God, to follow this example and use the gifts you gave us for your glory. Amen.